Hello, welcome to the Grace Life Podcast. The message you're about to hear, if diligently applied, will absolutely change your life. We're praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, thereby allowing the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened. Now let's join the service already in progress with Pastor West. Well, good evening. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. If it's not that, it's 2 Corinthians. That's narrowing it in, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 10. Everybody have a great day. Yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's not our text for tonight, but just want to read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Give you time to get there. Verse 13. When you, when you find it, just say, I'm there. I'm there. Ain't quite got there, say, oh me. Waiting on a couple of me. 1 Corinthians 10. Verse 13. Oh, I'm sorry. Page 1,871. I'm sorry. What was I thinking? Did that help anybody? Not really? Okay. Verse Corinthians 10, 13, King James says, Let, Therefore hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful. Amen. Well, we could just say we had church. Well, good night. <laughs> no. God is what? Faithful. Who will not suffer or allow you to be attempted above that which you're able. But with the temptation, he will make the way of escape that you be able to bear it. Religion says it this way. I've heard a lot of people say it this way. A lot of church folks say it. It says, God won't put on you more than you can stand. I don't, that is not the revised translation. That is the reverse translation. It's not what the scripture says. It doesn't say God puts on you, right? So let me read it from the Amplified. Let me see what it says. For no temptation, no trial, regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you, laid hold on you, that is not common to man, that is no temptation or trial, can come to you that is beyond your human resistance, that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience such as man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature, and he can be trusted not to let you be tempted, tried, and to say to beyond your ability and your strength of resistance or your power to endure, but with the temptation. He will, most of the time, oh, I'm sorry, it says he'll what? He'll always provide the way out. He'll provide the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. Amen. All right, go back to Romans chapter 5. Well, I say back, I'm sorry, we hadn't been there. Romans chapter 5. I think uh, maybe... The, now, the time, maybe uh, Tuscaloosa is, River Church is uh, joining us tonight. So if you're watching us right now, we want to say hey to you. Hello, River Church. Love y'all. Great people, great pastors. Yeah. Highway 69 South. So you're in there, you ought to go by there. Your life will be changed. I had a privilege to, to minister Sunday when pastors were out of town. And we love being there when we can. And uh, love the people there, good people. Romans chapter 5. And we're going to use this for a text. Actually, I preached some of this uh, 
in Tuscaloosa uh, Sunday when I was there. But Romans chapter 5, let me get there myself. I'm telling you where to go, and I didn't get there myself. Verse 12, wherefore is one man, by one man, sin entered the world. That's who? Adam. And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. For until, the, uh, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed, where there was no law. Nevertheless, death was reigning from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned, after the similitude or likeness of Adam's transgression, who's the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so is the free gift. For through the offense of one, many be dead, much more they which, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man. Now, this man, of course, is, it tells us Jesus Christ. The other man he's talking about is, of course, Adam, right? Adam, you could be, it could be said this, Adam was the federal head of all mankind. So <clears throat> when he transgressed, he and Eve transgressed, spiritual death came to them just like God said it would, and that passed to all men from Adam up until our day. And uh, <clears throat> so... You know, we could say it a lot of different ways, but you could say it this way. One man got us into a lot of trouble, but one man got us out. So if you're born again, you're out. You're out. You've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness, and you've been translated. Translated. Not schooled into. You were translated out of that kingdom, and you've been put in another kingdom, and you got there instantly. And I said, well, the devil's so powerful. Well, really? Well, why couldn't he stop that? The greatest miracle that ever needed to take place would be what? Salvation. And hell couldn't stop one scripture. For God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son. Whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. You, your belief and your faith in one scripture broke all of hell's hold upon mankind forever. Amen? And so it says... Um, <clears throat> Verse 17, for by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned much more, much more. Someone say with me, much more. They which received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. These two things, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So here's the whole, here's the whole deal. We have to know who we are. We have to know about our identity. We have to know what's been done for us. We have to know who we are in Jesus. We have to know who we are in Christ. And here's the whole thing. Tonight, positionally speaking, you are either in one or two. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Someone said, I thought I was in church. No, no, you're not in church. You're the church. So all together, we're either in Adam or we're in Jesus. So if you're in Christ... How many is in Christ? How many of y'all in Tuscaloosa, you're in Christ? Yeah. Don't worry, I'm not going to preach the same message. <laughs> I, I'm going to add to it tonight. But that's where we're going to start from the understanding of what? We are called to rule and we're called to reign. Amen. We're called to rule and we're called to reign. It'll never be any different than that. As long as you have a body... As long as we're on this side of the earth, you will have, you'll have opportunity to use this authority that you have in Christ and not in Adam. That'll never go away. Uh, we always laugh when we think about it. Brother Hagin always tells the story about 
someone who came to one of his prayer lines, and <clears throat> I don't know if it was the man or woman, but they said, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm going to ask you, Brother Hagin, he said, well, uh, to pray for me. He said, sure, what is it you need? He said, I want you to pray that all my problems will go away. Because he'd been hearing Brother Hagin talk about faith. He says, man, if we can receive by faith, then I can get rid of my problems. So just pray they'll go away. And he says, well, I can pray, but I'm going to have to pray you die. Because <laughs> that's the only way all your problems go away and they, and they stay away. And if you don't know Jesus, you have a bigger problem than you ever thought you had. But we know Christ, right? Tonight we're going to talk about something where ruling and reigning is absolute. It's something we don't hear about very much. You might end up being my Father's Day sermon because I'm not really good on holidays. It's a little easier sometimes to preach Father's Day with the Father God, and there's nothing wrong with preaching the Father's Day sermon. But I just feel really strong about what I'm going to preach tonight. And all I'm going to do is just lay a few minutes of the foundation tonight. And I'm telling you what, this may, this may be an old message when I say about that. You might have went to a church where they preached this. You might have went to a church where you heard some terminology along these lines, but maybe you never really understood it. Maybe you, you know, Hebrews says that we can know some things, but we can let them slip. How many of the, if you know something, but you don't exercise what you know, it's the same thing as not knowing it. In other words, it belongs to you, but if you're not living it, then you end up living in the same level of benefits of the one it doesn't even belong to. Right? And so we're going to talk about pleading the blood tonight. Pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. How many of you ever heard that term growing up, maybe in church and Someone said, well, I, I, I don't even know if that's scripture because there's not a scripture that says pleading the blood. But actually, you're right. There's, there's not a scripture that says pleading the blood, so what is it? So we'll talk about that tonight because everything about pleading the blood is, is based on legalities. You know, did you know that God is a God of legalities? I don't mean by the law, but he operates by law. We're not under the Mosaic law, but God operates by law. How many of faith is a law? How many know in the, even in the natural that, that gravity is a law? How many, how many of you are, are happy for gravity? You know, if, if gravity worked here, but it didn't work in Tuscaloosa, then that would be a phenomenon. That wouldn't be a law, right? Or vice versa. But if it worked here, but it didn't work in, you know, in, in uh, uh, Washington or any other state, then that, that would not be a law. And so we have, we have God-given laws, spiritual laws that, we can depend on that if when we enforce those laws, we know what the result's going to be. I, I want to tell you, sometimes in, in life, you're going to have a fight. And I, and I don't want you to get discouraged just because you're, you're fighting the fight and it seems like you're not winning. How do you know you're not winning? Who told you you were not winning? <laughs> I mean, you can put a, a, a kernel of corn in the ground after you do all the preparation work, put it in there, no one in their right mind who understands anything about gardening or farming would go in the morning and expect they're going to they're going to pull corn. No one is. I planted some grass seed uh, where this building that we gave the Franklins was, and and and, and I got the ground ready and I put. It, I did that two or three weeks ago, and I just got young, young tender grass after three weeks and a lot of watering. Well, I didn't know more. I, I, I didn't more expect it, you know, the, the morning after I threw the grass seed that afternoon. I didn't expect in the morning I was going to come up there and I needed to get the lawnmower and cut it. That'd be silly, wouldn't it? 
But I did expect that grass seed to turn into grass because I followed the directions. I did what they told me to do. I got the ground ready. I got me a good sprinkler. I got me some straw and I put it over it. And in about two weeks, I'm going to move all my straw and I'm going to have grass. I won't cut it still, but it's on its way. And I'm telling you, you may not have got where you want to go, but I'm telling you, if you'll stay with God and you'll stay with the Word, you'll get where you need to go to. You're on your way. Everybody say, I'm on my way. On say it in Tuscaloosa, I'm on my way. I heard y'all. That's good. Oh, y'all are good. Roll tight. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, hallelujah. Well, y'all okay with that. Hallelujah. So <clears throat> here's, the, here's the deal. Uh, th there's a scripture. You don't have to turn to it, but in Luke 21, 31, 32, it talks about Jesus prayed for Peter. Peter needed prayer, and he didn't know he needed prayer because Satan had a plan for Peter's life. Did you know not only does God have a plan for your life, but did you know that Satan has a plan for you? Yeah. Oh, he does. I'm telling you what, if you're, if you're on fire for God, and if you're going to live this God life, and if you have a plan to live out your destiny, you need to know you have an enemy. You, you need to know he's defeated, but you need to know he's walking around in the earth looking to stop you from what God's called you to do. He doesn't like you at all. He doesn't like you a little bit. He doesn't feel sorry for you. If he could, he'd, just, he'd wipe you off the face of the earth. I mean... I think the idea of the common cold really from from hell standpoint is just to kill you. I mean, if they could kill you with a sneeze, they'd do it. Amen. Someone say, I don't kill easy. I don't kill. That's right. There you go. So <clears throat> Jesus said to Peter, he says, Satan has desired to have you that he might sift you like wheat. He said, Satan wants to sift you, Peter. And Peter didn't know that Satan was the source of all his temptations he didn't know that he was the source of all of his challenges. And Jesus told him, he says, but it's okay because I have prayed for you. How many know that Jesus is praying for you? Yes. His ministry right now is that of intercession. Oh, he's Savior, he's Lord. But you understand that Jesus is sitting on the right hand of Father God where he's making intercession for you. Y'all have heard me here say this many times. There's a lot of ways to say it. I just like to say it this way. Intercession is prayer, right? So that, what I'm trying to say is Jesus himself is praying for you. Helps us feel good sometimes when someone says, hey, I've been praying for you. I've been lifting you up before prayer. And that's, that, that makes us feel good. But I got something that, that if you want to feel good, Jesus is praying for you. Amen. Jesus himself is praying for you. I wonder, does Jesus get his prayers answered? Yes. I wonder if he's praying a good prayer for you. Oh, it's a good prayer. So you ought to get excited. Amen. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is praying for you. Yes. He said, he said, when all this is over, Peter, he said, and, you, and, and you'll be converted. He says, you go and you strengthen the brethren. You remember that? And so he was, he was pleading. When we say pleading the blood, we're talking about uh, applying it. It's a, it's a faith application. Pentecostals always say, I, I, I grew up Pentecostal. I grew up in assemblies. And I grew up around some wild things that scared me. And I was there every week and I was still scared. Just didn't understand them as a kid. I'd watch them shout their hair down. You, know, you ever see them shout their hair down? They go up and down the aisles and a, 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 two or three people get around a person. And they're like, Woo! It's, it's like a tornado going up and down. And I was like, man, what is that? 
And, and for a kid who never saw it for a long time, I says, oh, I, I, what is that? I mean, and, uh, and I was afraid they was going to turn that woman loose. I wanted, her, I wanted to keep her holding that, you know, they was going to make sure she didn't bump the wall or make a new entrance or an exit, you know, out to the sheetrock. I don't know what they were trying to do. But anyway, they were, they were fired up, but they would talk about, I plead the blood, and I plead the blood against you, Satan. I plead the blood. Well, the word plead is not what we think it is in the sense of we're not begging. Pleading could sound like begging, but that's not what we're talking about. So once again, it is a legal term. So we're legally applying the blood of Jesus Christ because you and I were not redeemed by the, by the blood of bulls or goats or calves. We were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. How do you know you're saved and you're saved through and through? Because I was saved by the blood of Jesus. Not a goat, not a bull, not a calf. King of kings, Lord of lords. So, and if you've been redeemed, you're clean through and through. You're righteous through and through. Well, I don't feel that righteous. Didn't nobody ask you. I'm telling you, if you're born again, you accepted Jesus Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't it grand to be righteous? Isn't it glorious to be in right standing with God? Isn't it wonderful to be able to go to God tonight uh, right into the very throne room of God to find help and grace and mercy to help you and I in the time of need to be able to go in there and plead the blood of Jesus. Amen. So when we plead the blood, once again, it's a legal term. The Holy Spirit, our advocate, is famous at winning cases. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's many things, the Scripture says. But he's our counselor. And he's famous absolutely famous at winning cases. There's something that, that he doesn't know how to do. He don't know how to lose. That, that, that'd be something really foreign to the Holy Ghost. What happened? I, I lost. <laughs> well, that's, you know, there's no way you can go to the Lord in prayer really seeking his wisdom. And the Lord said, I, you know, I don't know. We'll get back with you on that. No, he knows everything. And so the counselor, the greater one, living on the inside of you, he is famous at winning cases. So when you plead the blood, you're saying, my only case is based on what the blood of Jesus has done. The only fight that you and I as believers in Christ are called to fight with the, with the uh, thinking of we need a good outcome or the only, the mindset, I guess is what I'm trying to say. The only fight that we're called to fight to get an outcome is the, is one that Jesus did not fight and win yet. Oh, that's right. There is not one, is there? This is a finished work. And so our, thank God for the Holy Spirit. It's not just enough to believe in the blood. We have to apply it. Say apply the blood. So application of the blood is by faith. And if there's no faith, you see, we can't have faith without the Word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, right? So the way that you apply is by faith, and we got to have it by the Word. And you got to have more than, than just the Word. you got to have the Word, and you got to have your voice. you got to have the Word, your authority, and you got to have a voice. you got to have the Word... And you got to have a voice. You can go to a hospital room and you can wake someone up out of coma with this, what I'm, t- what I'm talking about. Amen. You can change the DNA. Amen. 
You can change the structure and the cells of, of a person's being. I've seen it many times, not one time, many times. Well, we walked in buildings before, and, and uh, Matt and I went together years ago, and, and then I've been in several myself, and they were going to do amputations. And they said, this afternoon, arms coming off, legs coming off, got to come off, poison everywhere, staffs everywhere, we got to get ahead of it. Sorry, we can't do anything else. Well, we just, we just said it don't have to be that way. We just cursed that stuff. Actually, what we was doing is we was having faith in the Word. We was having faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. We spoke to those staph infection. We spoke to the, spoke to the, all that infection in the, in, the, in the natural blood. And we said there's a higher power than what's working in this body. Amen. And we did. All that stuff disappeared, and everybody went home with arms and legs. Hallelujah. Now, do you think, I don't know, maybe Matt did. I don't think he did. <clears throat> I never went to medical school. Did you? He said he didn't either. But every doctor in there says this leg has to come off tomorrow. But I'm telling you, <clears throat> he and I, I think, went to the same school. We're right here in Chilton County. Higher learning. Mostly the school of hard knocks. And we just, we came in here and we just, we just trumped what medical science said. You said, well, the word doesn't say that. The blood saved you. So the blood can keep you. There's power in the blood of the lamb. Remember the song? There's power. We, we ought to be singing that more. <laughs> I, I understand that they don't want us. Uh, many, many churches don't want you singing them songs. They say that's too old fashioned. Not only too fashioned, it's just too, it's just too much for children to hear that. It's just too gory to talk about blood. Oh, you better be talking to those children about blood. Are you hearing me? You better talk about this blood. Without the, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Huh? Did you know Satan and the kingdom of darkness is terrified of the blood of Jesus Christ? They're not a little scared of it. They're terrified of it. Amen. So if you ever want to just mess with the enemy, just say, the blood of Jesus. 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 Amen. There's something about the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's recognized. Andrew Murray, I don't know if you ever read any of his books, <clears throat> you have to read him slow. He's real wordy. He's a great author, but he's real wordy. So you, you have to read a paragraph, or I do, and think, now that's good. What did he say? <laughs> but he said concerning the blood, Andrew Murray said, to enjoy the blessing, nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. He said, the blood alone for you has done everything. Amen. Uh, amen. Has done everything. He said, there's a season in your life when your mama can't do it for you. Hmm? But there comes a time when you have to do it for yourself. He said, you can plead the blood against your own feelings. You know, we, how many of you like me, you got feelings? <clears throat> feelings can work, can be really good, but they can also work against you. Right? And if we just go by feelings, the Bible says the just shall walk by what? Feelings? By their emotions? Huh? By the circumstances of life? No, the just shall live by what? Faith in God, faith in this word. So he says the, the blood of Jesus can work against your feelings because there's sanctifying power in the blood. He said, uh, Andrew Murray said this, he said, I plead the blood against my own choices. 
How many ever made a choice in life that you that you regretted? Two or three of us said we owned up to. Oh, there's a few more y'all know. <laughs> no one in Tuscaloosa has ever done that. But you ever made a choice that you wish you had made that choice? Someone might even said you you don't need to do that. But we told them no, we know. Huh? Well, we know more now. You know, sometimes we live life and we're smarter than we've ever been. Well. Here he said, I've made choices and decisions that I wished I'd never made. And he said, and when I do, he said, I plead the blood against those choices and decisions. And then I go back and repent and do what the Lord wants me to do. He said, Jesus was tempted in all ways as we were tempted. He said, he was touched by all the same feelings. That's what the scripture says, right? He faced every one of them and he overcame every one of them. Jesus overcame every temptation. Jesus overcame every emotion. Jesus overcame every, every negative feeling, did he not? He said, if people ask you, how are you feeling? He said, you should answer this. I'm feeling the same way Jesus was feeling when he had this feeling. <laughs> when, or when he overcame this feeling. That's how I'm feeling. Let's practice that. How are you feeling? Ah, you're feeling the same way that Jesus did when he overcame that same feeling. Amen. Hebrews 4.16 says, By the blood of Jesus, we've been given access, even an invitation, and you've been encouraged to come boldly to the throne of grace, even when you're facing temptation. That's when you run to him. Huh? Don't walk, run. And you plead the blood, and you enter in with boldness, and you hold fast to the confession of faith. Amen. Amen. So faith in the blood, once again, is a legal term. Legal. Not the Mosaic law. We're not under the Mosaic law. Actually, you never were unless you're Jewish, right? But we, but we do have God's law. Once again, faith is a law. All type of laws. And so what we do is we... We, we come to God and we plead the blood of Jesus. We, we apply the blood of Jesus to any situation. Listen, you can apply the blood of, the, the blood of Jesus because you've been, you were redeemed by the blood. You're incorruptible now. Amen. Whatever was against you has been wiped away. Or let me say it this way, washed away. Some of y'all had some stains in your life, but the blood washed those stains out. You're, 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 you're as holy as Jesus is. Why? Because he washed you with his blood. Amen. I, I, you, you got that here, but you didn't get it here yet. Hmm? Or that or you know too much. Because that's shouting ground. You're, you're, you're holy as, as, as the son of God. Why? Because you've been made righteous with his righteousness. You are the righteous ones. You're the righteous branch of the tree. Amen. You've been sanctified by the blood. By his sanctified cleansing power. You've been emboldened by the blood. You're bold in the name of Jesus. Satan, after you resist him, he flees from you as one who's in terror. So under the Old Testament, you remember when Israel, <clears throat> when Israel had went through all the 
Uh, Moses came and all the plagues and all the ten plagues and Pharaoh still wouldn't let the people go. And Pharaoh out of his own mouth, the very last one, he pronounced what would happen, but it was against him, even his own son. So Moses went to God and God said, here's how you'll be protected. He said, you have to take the blood of that animal and you got to take a, you got to take a hyssop and you got to sprinkle it in the blood and you got to put it over the doorpost of the house. And if they'll stay behind the door, when the death angel comes in, everyone behind the door will be safe from death. But you have to have blood. You have to have blood. Some say, well, that's the Old Testament. Well, you're right. And we're New Testament. Well, here's how it works in the New Testament. We apply the blood. We plead the blood to our situation. We plead the blood concerning our finances. We plead the blood concerning our children. We plead the blood concerning our, 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 our marriage. We plead the blood concerning sickness and disease. We plead the blood against everything that's against us. And the way that we applied the blood is not with a hyssop. Our hyssop is our tongue. And you apply it over your life and you apply it over your heart. Hallelujah. And you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're, you're, you're behind the blood. You're behind the door. Hallelujah. Satan comes to attack your life and all he sees is the blood of Jesus. See what I'm saying? He's not checking your confession as much. What he's seeing is the blood. And he has no answer for the blood. He can't answer the blood. There's too, there's too much power in the blood. And all it can do, like in the Old Testament, they had to leave the house. They had to go somewhere else. And not one child, not one child, not one Israeli child died that night because of the blood of obedience to put the blood of an animal with a hyssop over their door, the blood of an animal. How much more? We don't have the blood of an animal. We have the blood of our Savior. Really, can I just be real? What you have is the blood of God. Amen. Hmm? So Satan has to attack the blood of God. I plead the blood. Praise God. <clears throat> so every one of us has something we're in charge of. Everyone's uh, people that we are in charge of, maybe kids you're raising and grandchildren, maybe, maybe a job situation, uh, family, whatever it is, you have something where you have to use your authority and you are responsible for, those, for that and those people. We all are. I am as a pastor of this church. I, 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 I don't... I can't say every day that I've pastored, but I can't say there's not many days that I didn't speak over your life certain things about your life. I'm responsible for that. Now, I'm not responsible for how your life turns out, but I am responsible as the under-shepherd of this church to speak certain things about your life. Amen. Amen. And so it's, it's very important that you belong somewhere. Some say, well, do I, do I have to go to church? No, you can be home and be stupid if you want to. Oh, I should take that off that live tape, would you? Hmm? It's not that you have to, it's because you get to. Right? The Bible says, come together, assemble yourselves together. Amen. And when you do that, you see there's, there's strength here. 
we fellowship around the world. We fellowship one another, and, and, and we all brought the Holy Spirit with us. Amen. He's in us. There's, there's strength in numbers. Amen. Amen. There's confidence in numbers. There's encouragement in numbers. Yeah. You know, and when the enemy, the, the, the way he tries to do this, you know, the scripture says two is always better than one. And I can tell you something about that. Three is better than two. And four is better than three. And five is better than four. If you got the right four, five, or three. But if you got a bunch of knuckleheads, you just stay away from all of them. Right? You say, I don't have nobody to agree with. Well, you got the Holy Ghost. He agrees with you if it's this word. I mean, if it's just you and the Holy Ghost, I mean, you, you've way out, 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 outlasted the enemy. He's outnumbered anyway. So here, so here we are, and so we have something that we have authority over. And it's our business to keep Satan's business out of it. We're going to help him mind his own business. So here's the fellow who won't mind his own business unless you enforce him to because he wants to be all up in your business. Did you notice that? Have you ever noticed Satan likes to get in your business? But you have authority there. Brother Hagin said this, that Jesus told him, and we know this from the scriptures, the scripture, but Jesus in a vision, Brother Hagin said that Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, and I give you authority on the earth to my body. And he said, I've done, now here's what he said, I've done all I'm going to do about the devil on the earth. Some say, what? <laughs> yeah. Jesus told Brother Hagin, I've done everything I'm ever going to do about the devil on earth. Some say, he's not going to help me. He already has, right? Now watch here. He said, until I've done all I'm going to do about Satan on the earth, until Adam's lease is up, then I'm going to do some more stuff. He said, but until then, if anything is going to be done about the devil in your life, you're going to have to do it. Okay? So if anybody's going to do anything about this situation, you're looking at the guy or the gal who's going to do it. You. Now, we have each other to help. You see what I'm saying? But it's not so much our prayers being directed to heaven. You know, really, nothing wrong with praying about that, but anything that you can turn to in the New Testament, especially the epistles that says, such and so, and it shall be, that's not even to be prayed about. That's to be obeyed. Hmm? Someone says, well, I've been praying, Lord, give me strength. Well, stop it. The scripture says, the Lord strengthen your life. Well, I've been praying to give me wisdom. Well, that was James pastoring a bunch of young believers who needed, who'd been walking natural lives and, and they, they were still babies. And so they needed to, they needed to have ways, now lay me down to sleep prayers. Until they grew up and matured. That's fine. We all do that. We all start there, right? I mean, when James taught young believers who were sick, they said, if you're sick, if you're in the place where you need help, you need to call for the elders of the church, and they'll pray over you. They'll get, they'll get oil. Y'all know You haven't saw me do it in years, but I'll do it if you need me to. He said, they'll take oil. Now, I may get some out of my garage. I don't know. It may be... It may be 30 weight oil. I don't know what it'll be. It may be some cooking oil back there in the kitchen. There's no healing in the oil. Okay, it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit, but there's still no healing properties in that oil, is there? But that young church that James was pastoring, they were young believers. They were used to everyone doing their praying for them, everyone getting answers for them. So James, as he was maturing them with the Word and growing them up, he would take oil and he would put his hand and put it on their heads. Why? So they could feel something. Because they're used to someone doing something. He, the, they needed to feel something. 
Amen. Nothing wrong with that. It's scriptural. It's just not the highest kind of faith. So they needed to feel that. Then they didn't know what to do. And James said, well, you can ask God for wisdom. And we can do the same thing today. Nothing wrong with asking God for wisdom. Or here's, a higher, here's something higher than you asking God for wisdom. The scripture says Jesus has made unto you wisdom. So if he's made unto me wisdom, why would I spend all day praying about it? Huh? But can you see there's different places for all of us to start and hook on? And, and the more you walk and the more you get, have revelation knowledge, the more that you walking with Jesus, you'll see more, you'll know more, you'll do more, you'll have more, and you'll be able to impart more. But get started. You ain't going to learn it all one night, but get started one night. Amen. Amen. Boy, this is good preaching. Amen. I'm glad I came. Hallelujah. So Brother Hagin said, he said, Jesus overcame Satan, but he still, he said, Satan's still on the loose. Well, that's scriptural too, right? In other words, he has no authority over you, but he roams around in the earth looking for someone he may, not can, may devour, right? He said he's still on the loose, but he doesn't have any authority over you. You have authority over him. In other words, you are his master. Y'all like that? Amen. Uh, <laughs> men like that anyway. We like power tools. <laughs> huh? Yeah. You are his master. He, uh, Brother Hagin went on to say, these demons are trying to stop the plan and the purposes of God in your life. If that's what's happening, he said, it is warfare. This is not you having a bad day. This is called Warfare. Say that with me. Warfare. Warfare. They're trying to stop the plan of God for your life. He went on to say everything that's happening in the Middle East is because Satan is struggling to hold on to his existence. And all the stops are out right now in his camp. In other words, he's, he's flung his biggest shot. I mean, he, this is Katie bar the door, dude. Everything's out there. And so he said, he knows, Satan knows when Adam's lease is up, and that's all that God's waiting on. Praise God. Now, we won't turn there, but you need to know this verse. You know it, but if you don't know it, you need to write it down. You say, why is he causing so much trouble? Well, I already told you it wasn't really nice, right? But here's your scripture. You, You need to get this verse. It's Revelation 12, 12. That's easy to remember. Revelation 12, 12. And here's what that scripture says. It says, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. This dude's running out of time. And every day it's shorter. You know, look here. If we get everything wrong, if nobody ever gets healed, if we all die busted, disgusted, and frustrated, and you know, which which won't be, and if we just continue to love Jesus, we're gonna bust heaven wide open, be in paradise forever. But not him. Oh, not him. 
Because there's other scriptures over here that says there's a day coming that one, one angel, one, not one million, one angel is going to come down with a great big chain and put him in a pit. One, lock him up for a thousand years. He doesn't have a good future. And he knows his time's short. And anything that's opposing him, he's opposed to. Now, if you want to get him off your back, just, just don't do nothing. Just act like a knot on a log and just run around crazy, goofy as a road lizard, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that he, he may not bother you. But if you start swinging this word around, you start taking this sword of the Spirit, and you start ministering to people, you start laying hands on the sick, and you start telling people and teaching people what God's done and who you are in Christ, now that's going to get his attention. You are. You are. Huh? Some say, well, that kind of scares me. You don't have to be afraid. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. One angel is going to come down and pin this dude with one chain, one angel. Hallelujah. See, he, today he's under your foot. You are far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. You are, not him. He's under your foot. I mean, this guy's so broke, he can't even go to hell. He don't even have a home. He's roaming around in the earth. Why? He's homeless. And he's a fired employee. He got fired from heaven. He's homeless. And he's going to run around and try to run this show. Do you think so? Amen. Y'all okay? So he said he knows his time is short. Now, Revelation 12, 10, 11 says, For the accuser of the brethren, we're still talking about Satan, right? Who accuses them before our God day and night, he has been cast down. And they overcame him, the accuser, the one who accuses you, the one who condemns you, the one who tells you it's not going to work, the one who tells you you're stupid, the one who tells you just, just quit and give up. God's not going to answer your prayer. God's not going to help you. There's no, there's no way out of this. And if there was, you don't deserve it because of how you've lived and what you've done and what you're not doing. He's accusing you before the throne day and night. But there's one at the throne room who speaks highly of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there he is making intercession for you. He knows the plan of God for your life. And if you've been washed in the blood, everything that you've ever thought, said, or done, I'm telling you, has been washed clean. Amen. And Satan is speaking good words over you. The high priest over your, over this, the confession of our words. He's bringing your words that you're speaking out of this word up before God and causing those words to come to pass. Amen. Amen. And Satan just sitting there like, nothing works for me. I don't feel sorry for him at all. So they overcame him by the what? The blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to the death. So he says, we overcome by the blood and by the testimony. Our testimony as to what the blood does, what the blood did for us, that overcomes Satan. Amen. That overcomes Satan. Amen. But this is what you've got to do. You have to apply it. God's not going to draw the bloodline for you. You have to draw it. Amen. You have to take these words and your mouth, your tongue, and you have to draw the bloodline. Hallelujah. Do it in your business. Do it over your property. Do it, do it over your monies. Now, that's, that's an area we'll, we'll probably have to get into all this stuff. Satan is really against you prospering. 
Hmm? You could have a good heart, but if you're broke, you won't do a whole lot. And he knows that. So if he can't stop you, he's going to try to keep you broke. But if you have money, feel good, you will travel. And you will talk and you will tell the story, right? So he's, he's after your health primarily and he's after your money. Amen. Amen. If, you can't, if, if he can't get you in sin, he's after your money, he's after your health. But we overcome him. By the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testament. We take those words, we take this blood covenant word and we spread it like the hyssop our tongue does over our life. Amen. And Satan tries to come, but he can't penetrate. He can't get to you because he can't get through the blood. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone say, I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my life. I plead the blood over my family. Children and grandchildren. Monies, Monies. destiny, Destiny. plans, ideas, everything Everything. that I put my hand to for the kingdom of God God. is washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ. Satan, you're a liar. You have no authority. You have no power. You have no might. You have no dominion. You cannot stop. What God has ordained. I'm a blood child of the blood father in this kingdom. And I'll do everything that the Holy Ghost has empowered me to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're about out of time, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little bit more of that. The whole church needs to hear this message over and over and over again. Amen. You know, some people need to grow a spine. I think we talked about that last service I ministered in. Three things we need. We need a, a wishbone. We need a dream. Huh? And a backbone. But three things. My sermon, I didn't forget the third one. Huh? Oh, yeah. We need a, let's do it again. Three things we got to have to succeed. We got to have a wishbone. You got to have a dream. Got to have a. You gotta have a backbone. You gotta have some perseverance, some stick to it. Amen. Then you need a funny bone so you can laugh your way through it. Amen. So you can laugh at yourself when you make a mistake. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got those three things, you're quite on your way. So here we go. So you, you, you just have to tell the enemy you're not touching my stuff. Amen. You're not touching my stuff. You can't touch my family. You, you, you have authority. You have authority over these things. Yeah. Amen. You, you apply the blood. You, you don't have to get to them. You don't have to drive 14 states over to get there. Huh? There's no distance in the spirit. Your words are spirit and they are life. You can be right here in this city right here or wherever you're watching from tonight. And you can send the word of God and apply the blood over anyone, anywhere. Amen. Especially if you have some children, some grandchildren, some situations, you do 
may have a, 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 some business things that are coming up. You might you may have decisions to make. Like I said, you may have to can, uh, uh, cancel your own uh, choices that you made sometimes. There's things that we did that if we had to go again, we wouldn't do it. Well, I just speak the blood against that. Amen. I mean, there's some things I just, I have believed for a crop failure on that I started. Amen. Speak death to your own plan. That was a terrible idea. I didn't listen to God. I didn't pray that one in or pray it through. Well, here we are. So we are declaring these things. We say, don't touch my family. Don't touch me. I'm off limits. My family's off limits. You, you, have no, you have no right. You can't touch my spirit. You certainly can't touch my soul. And you're not going to touch my body. Huh? Yeah, now, so he, he's after the body. Amen. So when your body's through, you're through here. Yeah. Your, your authority on the earth is over because you don't have a body, right? So he's really against the body. Mm-hmm. He has no right to your body. Yeah. It's, not, it's not his body. Right. Your body's a temple of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Beyond that, it's not even your body. Who said, well, it's my life. No, it ain't. You died. <laughs> you don't have no life. Where people get the idea they got a life? These people said, well, don't tell the baby Christians they won't sign up. Well, you're going to tell them one day, (laughs) right? (laughs) I remember the guy telling me when I first got saved, he says, I'll tell you what, if you just come to Jesus, he said, all your problems go away. He'll take all your problems. Well, he did. And then I got a whole new set of them (laughs) because I met the adversary. Amen. But it's still good news. Amen. It's still good news. And so he can't touch my family. He can't touch you. He can't touch your spirit. He can't touch your soul. He can't touch your body. He can't touch any of the, God, the works that God has ordained you to walk in. He can't touch any of the people who's assigned to help you. Amen. Amen. I refuse to let him touch your money. You think I'm going to let him touch your money? Amen. You have to do the same thing. It's just like that guy, and we'll, we'll stop here. It's like the guy that they'd, uh, guy was a multimillionaire, him and a friend of his that kind of worked for him, but they were friends. They went out on the yacht, and they was way out in the sea and kind of got blown around in the storm, and it's kind of like Gilligan's Island. They ended up on the shore. There was no one there, and they'd been there for hours, and uh, the young guy began to freak out, and he said, boss, he said, we're going to die. He said, we're going to die here. And the multimillionaire said, son, it, we're not going to die. He said, but the boat's not repairable. And it, I, we haven't, I haven't seen any kind of uh, seaworthy craft come by here for, you know, hours. I, I can't even hear anything close. He says, we don't even know where we are. He said, we're going to die here. There's nothing on this island to eat. We can't drink the water. He said, we probably only have two or three days and we're going to die. He said, son, there's nothing to worry about. He said, I'm a multimillionaire. I'm a, I'm a Christian and a multimillionaire. There's nothing to worry about. He said, well, what good is your money going to do out here? He said, because I'm a Christian and I'm a tither. And believe me, my pastor will find out where I'm at. <laughs> oh, yeah. He said, I'm a tither and, and my pastor. He may not be praying for nobody else, but he's praying for me. <laughs> he will get the word of knowledge and he'll be here pronto. <laughs> so don't cause your pastor any problems. <laughs> Or greatly limit them anyway. Amen? Hallelujah. So I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I apply it over my life. 
I mean, do, do it in the morning and do it at night. You, you need to do it in the morning. Do it before you get out of bed. Do it when, if you've got kids that you're sending to school. Uh, you know, when, when we were all kids, there weren't, no, there weren't no school shootings. You didn't have to think, you know, should I homeschool them because they, they may get shot? I mean, <clears throat> if I got in trouble for school, which I won't say that I didn't, <laughs> but if I did, I, we had to write lines. Anyone ever had to write lines for doing something in school? <clears throat> Chewing gum. 100, 200, 300 lines, right? I mean, you might have had a little school fight, scuffle, whatever. My brother kind of took my punishment because I was a little bitty runt and and I got over that, obviously. And But he, I got picked on by a junior and I was a freshman. And so he came and, and uh, the guy sent me word that my life was going to end because I said something to his girlfriend and she was, they were broke up, but he said she's still his. And uh, so I said something to her and that, that my life was over. And, uh, and he was a muscular guy. He played, he played football there at, uh, at the school here and uh, <clears throat> varsity ball. But my brother's pretty good size. And so he, uh, I, I was sorry how that thing ended. Uh, my brother did get the best of him, and my brother did get two, three-day suspension. But the boy didn't mess with me. And uh, now the boy didn't get suspended. He fought, but he didn't get suspended because they thought my brother started it. No, he was just there to end it. But it really looked like Chris had really worked on him really bad. But what it was, you, can y'all remember when you went to school and they, if you was outside from the lunchroom, you know, you, you got the big trash cans, the, the keg barrels. And I don't know if I, I guess they still had little cartons of milk or juice. And then everybody would eat their meal and then they'd throw them in there. Well, it was, it was you know, springtime. And there was a lot of yellow jackets. And they were down in there all around the food. And so Chris just took that boy and just took him upside down and put his head down in the trash can with all the yellow jackets. <laughs> and he, he, got, he got stung a few times. So uh, they always thought he was a ladies' man, a really pretty boy. He, he wasn't too pretty for about a week. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, the devil's head is stung. When you use the name of Jesus, he stung. He stung. He stung. He stung. So you send those kids to school and you plead the blood over that school and over your children. Amen? Amen. And I'm telling you, you'll never hear about a school shooting where your child ever got touched in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says it may come this way, it may come that way. You may see it 10,000 this side, but it won't come near you. No plague shall come nigh your dwelling because you're walking and you're living in the blood. You're a blood child. Amen? Hallelujah. Man, I'm happy now.